Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. Thanks so much for listening. I do hope that you enjoy the review that you're about to hear. If you do, I encourage you to click the subscribe button, and I'll continue to deliver all of the latest in film reviews downloaded into your podcast player of choice. Also, if you want to write to me, you can do so by going to my website. Quipster.net is where to go, where you can also take time to read over 3,850 of my written reviews. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. I've been a little bit tardy in getting to some of the latest reviews. It was my birthday weekend. I enjoyed some time away with my fiance. So now I'm just getting back to the usual routine. One of the movies we saw together while we were on our weekend vacation was Florence Foster Jenkins. It's a comedy drama. It stars Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant. It's a PG-13 rated release because of brief suggestive material. It runs an hour and 50 minutes, and the supporting players are Simon Helberg, Rebecca Ferguson, and Nina Arianda. The director is Stephen Frears, and the screenplay is by Nicholas Martin. Florence Foster Jenkins is set in New York during the mid-1940s. It's a Film by Stephen Frears about a real-life upper-class heiress who had a zest for music. She was a patron of the arts. She did many charitable works. And this really gives Meryl Streep another juicy role that taps into even more of her seemingly boundless talent as an actress and also as a singer. If you have been following Meryl Streep's career of late, at least since Mamma Mia, many of her roles have utilized her vocal talent, uh, including Ricky and the Flash and Into the Woods, among others. And she is a very good singer. And, you know, one of the things she has to do here is actually not sing. She has to sing quite badly. Florence Foster Jenkins was a former child prodigy at the piano, but she could no longer play due to an injured hand. Foster did find a way to keep herself in the limelight when she became a singer, a singer of opera, no less, and she sang in front of many of her friends, her cronies, in small venues over the years. Her doting husband at heart, Sinclair Bayfield, managed to massage the crowds to her favor, whether through sympathy because they were social enablers, because Jenkins had been a great benefactor of their art, or perhaps Bayfield might employ a bit of bribery, especially for members of the press who would go on to give warm reviews to her performances. So this isn't the first time that Florence Foster Jenkins' life has been made into a movie. In fact, just in the last year, the French-language film Marguerite, which I reviewed on my website, and you can also catch an early review of this on my podcast if you dig deep enough, Marguerite was in theaters within the last year here in the United States and in other parts of the world. That work is only inspired by the wealthy lady's real life. And because of that, they had more artistic freedom to play things pretty loosely for the more comedic aspects. Stephen Frears, who's working from a script by a veteran TV scribe, this is his first feature screenplay, Nicholas Martin. It allows us to see the farcical folly of Jenkins' pursuit as a singer worthy of performing eventually at Carnegie Hall. But it also paints her as a very sympathetic person and ultimately a kind of a tragic figure of this woman whose life could not be everything she had wanted it to be because of her chronic ailments. But she still found a way to do the things that she enjoyed doing, even though it did require a little bit of help on the part of her friends to give her the illusion that she actually did have talent. Ironically, I guess Florence Foster Jenkins, who is now famous for being a singer, though I don't think exactly in the ways intended, but I do think it's heartening to see that both Florence Foster Jenkins as a film, as well as Marguerite, they were inspired by her story, and yet they also display more sympathetic aspects to her tale 
than just having an inability to properly carry a tune. She could have just come off as this great big joke, and to a certain extent, that joke is part of the story. But I think the film shows something above and beyond this. You know, as they, as she says in the film, you know, they might say that she couldn't sing, but no one can say that she didn't sing. The charming Hugh Grant, he also delivers one of his better performances in many years. He's playing Florence's common-law husband, St. Clair. They were never officially married because she never really officially divorced her first husband. He's showing as having a life devoted to his very wealthy wife. You know, the film doesn't really answer whether he's in it for the money or not. I guess that's something you could speculate on. He is also engaging in an extramarital relationship with a much younger woman in Kathleen, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson. And Kathleen's abided by St. Clair's continued marriage, but yet she doesn't want to play second fiddle in his heart, despite the fact that Florence basically is paying for his side apartment where they live. The word devoted comes up many times with St. Clair's character in this film. He has an understanding, in quotes, with Florence that allows him to find the kind of companionship that a syphilitic woman like Florence cannot provide, so long as he keeps all traces of whatever infidelity he has from her sphere of knowledge, then he feels that this is okay. St. Clair, you know, as I mentioned, has his own apartment, and it gives him the private space necessary to continue this relationship with Kathleen. This aspect is also in keeping with St. Clair's continuing to keep Florence living in this bubble of blissful ignorance because he tries everything he can to keep those who might deride her talent from making themselves known to her. He surrounds the elder woman with only those people who want to applaud her efforts, perhaps it's to their own benefit to do so, and she readily laps up all of this attention that she receives because she so desperately craves that as an artist to be appreciated for her art. It should be noted, though, despite the assertion of undying devotion on the part of St. Clair, that in real life, St. Clair and Florence had actually split as a romantic couple over a decade prior to the events of this film. They remained friends and professional associates, but this would-be love that the film really delves deeply into is an artistic liberty that is explored by Frears and the screenwriter. Now, with such fine performances, including a scene-stealing role for Big Bang Theory's Simon Helberg, who's playing this pianist named Cosme McMoon, he's eternally conflicted as far as whether he should be true to his art or to be paid handsomely to accompany this woman who really could not carry a tune. It should be noted here in real life, unlike what you see in the movie, Jenkins and McMoon had known each other for nearly 20 years prior to their professional collaboration. In this film, it makes it seem like he had to audition for the role, and he really didn't have any prior relationship with her at all. There's also very wonderful production design. There are costumes here that really are worthy of, of pageantry, and there's very competent direction, as you would expect from a very talented and veteran filmmaker like Stephen Frears. So it's a bit surprising to see Florence Foster Jenkins released in the middle of August instead of at the end of the year. You know, if it was released in November or December, it would be in prime consideration as an Academy Award contender. Certainly, Streep's performance is worthy of a nod if it comes to it, much more so than many of the films that she did get nominated for. For instance, The Devil Wears Prada and Into the Woods. She's very good in those roles, but I think that she does even better here as Florence Foster Jenkins. Just as it takes a very special kind of actress to be able to convincingly act poorly, 
so too does it take a special kind of singer, and I think that Meryl Streep nails Jenkins' lack of talent in a way that allows us to appreciate how bad she is without coming off as too ridiculous to believe. In fact, at the end of the film, we do hear an actual recording of the real-life Florence Foster Jenkins that shows us just how spot-on and being tone-deaf that Streep really is able to nail. She sounds less off-key than, say, Edith Bunker singing at the beginning of every episode of All in the Family, but not that much different, I guess, if you really want to come down to it. So as a film, as with the real Florence Foster Jenkins, who actually had her share of ardent admirers during her heyday, much more because of her resolve, more so than her talent, or some people even like bad art, so I'm sure a lot of her following was a little bit ironic in that way, so too, I think you will likely become a fan of Florence Foster Jenkins for the very same reasons. Even if the mostly delightful film does go astray in a very bad final act that creates a very false feeling climax involving the hiding of a newspaper hatchet piece in ways that pretty much strains the semblance of credibility the true story had built up. I mean, everything that you see in the final 20 or 30 minutes feels like it's made for a movie and not something that ever happened in real life. I do think that the winning performances still sell the film through most of it, and I think that that is enough to be very forgiving of Florence Foster Jenkins both as a movie and as a person, for not quite living up to its potential. So I'm giving Florence Foster Jenkins three stars out of four. And three stars on my scale means that I do think that it's a worthwhile film for those people who are interested in this kind of movie. If you're a big fan of Meryl Streep, if you like period pieces, if you're at all interested in the music scene, especially in New York during the 1940s, or if you're just a fan of very whimsical, bittersweet kind of uh, dramedies, then I think that Florence Foster Jenkins will be entertaining enough for you to consider it a worthwhile watch. You know, this movie was probably made with some Oscar potential in mind. I'm not sure if it will see it. I do think certainly if Meryl Streep or Simon Helberg, maybe in a supporting role, were to get Oscar nods, I do think that those are earned. Certainly, you know, really good costumes, sense of period. You might see a few awards for its aesthetics, but I don't think that this is going to be best picture material personally. So just know that going in. It's kind of a a trifle of a movie, but I do think that it's made by consummate professionals and it shows in every frame of the film, even if the storyline gets a little wiggly, especially toward the end. So three stars out of four for Florence Foster Jenkins. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, please click the subscribe button. And if you happen to be on iTunes, if you've been listening a while and you want to support the show, the best way you can do that is to leave a review there and let other people know this is a show worth checking out. I also have a Patreon page if you want to support the show with a donation. I pay to see all of these movies out of pocket, so anything that you can contribute is greatly appreciated. I'll thank you personally on this show, and if you do so, I'll get in contact with you. I'll do a review of your movie of choice on the show if you do. You can go to patreon.com slash quipster. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. Until next time, thanks everyone. I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies.